بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد so inshallah today we're going to be starting with our discussion of Surah Al-Kafirun Surah Al-Kafirun is a surah that many of us if not most of us know it's from the last two pages of of the Quran and uh, many of us know the meaning of it, and many of us know that this is one of the few surahs that there is a verse that is repeated word for word. Right? So there's a verse that is repeated in the surah word for word, and why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does that, we will talk about and we'll discuss in detail. Uh, but firstly, the, the naming of the surah, many of us know it to be known or called the surah al-kafirun. Uh, some of the masahif or some of the Qur'ans, they call it surah al-kafirin. Um, and that's, uh, it's basically just a grammatical difference of why you would call it kafirun or kafirin, but the meaning would stay the same. And uh, it was uh, called amongst the set of like, so classic, when you had classical naming for the surahs, they would name it by reciting the first ayah. And this is something that was very common that you would find amongst the Prophet amongst the companions. They didn't have a naming system similar to the naming system that we have today. So if somebody tells us the name of a surah, we associate one word with that. So when the Prophet or the companions would discuss or they would talk about a particular surah, they would actually take the first ayah or they would take the first verse and relay that to the people. Why do you think that is? Because the surahs hadn't been completed, some of them, right? So some of the surahs, because Revelation was still active. Um, and many of us, we, we, for, we forget the fact that during the time of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the Revelation was still active, it was still going on. It was still something that was ongoing. So they, didn't, they weren't given the opportunity in the lifetime of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to actually put it in the form of a book. When, when was it put in the form of a book? In Abu Bakr's Khilafah. And even during Abu Bakr's Khilafah, how many copies did they make? They just made one, right? It was just one copy that was made during the Khilafah of Abu Bakr. It wasn't like there were multiple copies of it. And because of this active revelation and constantly coming down, you will find that they would reference surahs or they would reference uh, different verses by actually taking the name of the verse or actually reciting that verse instead of giving it a specific name. Just the naming system actually came uh, later. Uh, many of the Mufassirin called it Surah Muqashqasha. Now Muqashqasha means basically to differentiate. So what we're talking differentiate between what and what? And, uh, the Muslim and the Kafir. Very clear. Right? Surah Al-Kafirun is you're discussing two groups of people. You're talking about the Muslim and you're talking about uh, the Kafir. It is also known as Surah Al-Bara, yani freeing ourselves from or disassociating from disbelief. And it is also called Surah Ikhlas. Yeah, ironically. So, um, Surah Ikhlas, we had talked about it before. Why was it called Surah Ikhlas? Right, because it was talking about how to be sincere in Allah, or sincere to Allah, by recognizing Him, by learning about Him, by learning His characteristics. And it's the same thing with Surah Al-Kafirun. Surah Al-Kafirun is also, some of the Mufassirin called it Surah Ikhlas, because it was a way to help them differentiate between belief and, and disbelief. Uh, it was also known as Surah Al-Ibadah. Surah Al-Ibadah is another common name that many of the Mufassirin use for the Surah. Again, it's a way to identify that the way that we worship is very different from the way that the Mushrikeen worship. So even you, though you'll find different elements of different types of worship in different groups and in different faiths, just because something looks the same, the reality of it is that even Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He has made a distinct differentiation between those two types of worship, even though they might look similar. 
uh, the vast majority of scholars say that this surah was revealed where? And just, just by the wording and the verses, uh, you, we have a general idea. It's, a, it's pretty clear on where it was revealed. It was revealed in Mecca. Uh, it was revealed in Mecca because the, the way and what the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking and he's addressing the disbelievers, it's very clear that it is the, uh, the pagans who are being discussed there. You have a very, very small minority of Mufassirin who say that it was revealed in Medina, but the vast majority of Mufassirin say that it was revealed in Mecca. Is there anything there's, now, there's a few reasons that you have a difference of opinion concerning why certain surahs were revealed. So, you have some of the companions, for example, when they would mention certain things or when the Prophet ﷺ would respond to a certain group of people using certain verses or using certain surahs, some of the companions would relay it in a way to their students that their students would think that, okay, because the Prophet ﷺ used this surah in this situation, the surah was what? It was revealed at that time. Uh, so that this is where the confusion comes in. That you'll, you'll find that some of the scholars and some of the ways that they discuss things or some of the students of the companions, they would say that the Prophet ﷺ, there was a group of disbelievers that came to him or there was a Muslims who came to him and they asked him a question and he recited this surah to them. Right? So even though this doesn't mean, there's nothing having to do with revelation at that point. It just means that in this surah is the answer that you are are looking for. And it is not necessarily related to when the surah was revealed, it was just used in that particular way. So this is why you have some confusion on the understanding of certain narrations that have to do with that. that that's, that's, that's the main reason. You don't, you don't find uh, too much, there are about, I think seven or so surahs that there is a very, you know, hard, like drastic difference of opinion. That some hold it as Mecca and so some hold that as Medini. But out of 114 surahs, it's just really a handful that you have a very hard difference of opinion on. And even amongst those, there's a very predominant opinion amongst the, the Mufassirin on where it was actually revealed. Uh, the number of verses in this, is, is there, does that answer the question? And in this, there are six verses, and this is again agreed upon uh, by the, uh, the people who count the number of ayat in every surah. So there is a difference of opinion in, in terms of the Qur'an on the number of ayat. Right? There is a difference of opinion on the number of ayat. This is not something that is completely agreed upon. The number of surahs is agreed upon, which is 114. 114, this is agreed upon by, by the entire ummah of uh, you know, the Muslims. But the number of actual ayahs, there is a, a disagreement upon that. And the disagreement basically comes on like, okay, does the ayah stop here? Or does it continue going on? And this is where we stop. It doesn't change the meaning of anything. Right, there's never any meaning change by stopping an ayah at a certain place or saying that this ayah ends here and this ayah begins here uh, because those stopping points are actually stopping points regardless of what your opinion is. So you, you will stop there when you're reading and some people will say, okay, you're stopping here but you're continuing on within the same verse and some of the scholars will say, no, this is where you actually stop because the ayah ended and you start the new verse or you start the new ayah. That's the only uh, difference that it begins, but the words are all the same. You know, so the wording is all the same. There's no difference in that. It's just on where you start and where you uh, start. So why was this surah revealed? Do yeah, you guys have any idea? Anybody know the background uh, behind the surah Kafirun? Uh, no. I have a question about the ayah stopping. Yeah. Just to clarify. Uh -huh. uh, so when you stop for an ayah, like every punctuation or any, any stop mm -hmm. has, has a meaning or a context. Yes. It, it gives a meaning. Yes. You, what you just mentioned that you know, regardless of the ayah ends there or not, yeah, it, you have to stop. 
Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no dispute about. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's no. Yeah, yeah. But is it part of the IA or not? Or not? Right? That's that's exactly what it is. So that begs the question: mm -hmm. that What is the significance of the IA itself? Mm -hmm. uh, why do we have an IA? Right? Uh, why even have an IA? Uh, because sometimes you have certain verses. Now, in Surah Al-Baqarah, for example, you see a lot of continuity and a lot of connection between a lot of the verses. But there are sometimes <coughs> we we find a verse. It seems, if you look at it superficially, it doesn't seem like it's in place. It doesn't seem like it has anything to do with the, with the ayat before it and the ayat after it. It just seems like it's placed there, if you look at it superficially. So this is where that would play a bigger role. It would play a bigger role in such cases where the, the ayat, the, the discussion that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is having in that particular ayat, he meant, he meant to put it in there to change the pace, to change the tone, and then to bring the tone back to something. So there's usually some type of intent behind making that particular ayah or separating in that. So in those cases, that'll be agreed on. You won't, you won't find the people who distinguish ayat in, in, that, in verses that are, are like that. And there are a few verses, quite a few verses that are, are like that. Um, I, I, can't, I can't think of any off the top of my head. But, but there are a few that are like that. So those, you don't find that. But there might be situations, and uh, just to give you, uh, in Surah Al-Fatiha, for example... Some of the scholars, they say that the Bismillah, right, they, they say, the, not, just, not just the 7 and 8, but some of them say that Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim is an ayah from Surah Al-Fatiha. Hmm? And some of them say it's not. So when they say it's not, what happened is in the end, in the end of the surah, we make it one long ayah. They, they break it. The meaning hasn't changed, but it's just a matter of putting another ayah. Again, it's, it's an understanding of what is the significance of ayah in general? It's basically where you start and where you stop. That's the general significance of it. And, and, and that's what it basically has to do with. Uh, other than that, in terms of meaning and whatnot, you will find certain ayat, like in Surah Al-Baqarah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, uh, Some people stop here. Right? And some people, they continue on. This, there's no difference of opinion. Everybody takes it as one ayah because it's possible to read it in two ways. And the same thing in Surah Al-Ma'idah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, uh, uh, He talks about the ayat al-muhkamat al-mutashabihat. وَالَّذِينَ فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ زَيْغٌ فَيَتَّبِعُونَ مَا تَشَابَهُ مِنْ إِبْتِغَاءَ تَأْوِيلِ وَمَا يَعْلَمُ تَأْوِيلَهُ إِلَّا اللَّهُ وَالرَّاسِقُونَ فِي الْعِلْمِ يَقُولُونَ عَمَّنَا So over here, there's two ways to read this ayah. There are two ways to read this verse. And depending on where you stop, it changes the meaning a little bit. But even amongst the people who differ, they see it to be one verse. So they're not going to break it here and they're not going to break it here because there are two ways to read it. So anytime you have an ayah that is possible to stop in two places, and, and stopping here will bring one meaning, and stopping here will bring another meaning. Same thing like with Surah Baqarah. This one is pretty common. I think most of the people, this is the example that they know. Um, that will always be one ayah. Because, again, it's just a matter of where is it agreed upon that we stop and where is it agreed upon that we begin. And this is a whole science from the people who study Qur'an. It's called waqf al-ibtida. It's basically where do I stop reading and where do I continue reading. And it's, it's, a, it's a very highly developed science. And it has to do with predominantly the meaning. Like where, where is the meaning in this sentence complete? Where is the meaning in this ayah complete so that we would stop? And then we were able to start again. Because even when you're reciting the Qur'an, you'll find people when they're reciting the Qur'an, that sometimes he'll go back, like if he runs out of breath, he'll go back and then he'll continue. Why is he doing that? Why won't he just continue from where he ran out of breath and continue? Because of the meaning. Because of the meaning. That's exactly what it is. 
So it, this, this is where it applies and this is where it's important. And, and that's what it has to do with diet. Does that clarify a little bit? So um, going back to why the surah was revealed. We, we, didn't, we didn't get there yet. Yes? Because uh, they were trying to you know, stop Prophet Sallallahu in different ways okay. of preaching. Uh -huh. So they were not successful, the mushrikeen. Yes. So they came up with the idea mm. and they told him that uh, you worship our idols one year Mashallah. and we worship Allah one year. Okay, good. That's why Allah revealed this surah. Mashallah, excellent, excellent. And, and that's exactly what it is. Exactly, that's exactly what it is. There were actually four individuals who came to the Prophet So the Prophet he was in the haram. He was making tawaf, and he had four people come up to them. Those four people were Aswad ibn al-Muttalib ibn al-Asad, uh, Al-Walid ibn Mughira, Umayyah ibn Khalaf, and Al-As ibn Wa'id. Now, why these four people? Because these were considered the ones who were elder. They were the elder ones in their tribe. They were the elder ones in the community. So why, why send these older people to the Prophet ﷺ? Uh, because you, you would think, like, Walid ibn Mughira specifically. I don't, do you guys know anything about him? Forget, forget the other ones, but Walid ibn Mughira specifically. He was considered the most eloquent of the Arabs. He was considered the most eloquent of Quraysh. In, in poetry, yes. He was considered the most eloquent of them, meaning that he was able to recognize eloquence even when, the, when he went to the Prophet ﷺ. The Prophet ﷺ recited to him and what happened? What did he do? He was this close to accepting Islam. His son accepted, who was who? Khalid. Uh, Khalid and Walid was his son, he accepted Islam. But Walid, what happened, when he heard, first heard the Quran, they came up to him. So all of the Quraysh, they came up to him because he was, you know, he was basically the, the literature expert of, of Quraysh. So the Quraysh, they said, okay, you know, go listen to what Muhammad وسلم, has to say and, and come back and report to us and let us know what you think. So he went to the Prophet وسلم, and he said, he said, okay, recite to me from what you say your Lord has revealed to you. So the Prophet recited to him and the people came up to him and they said, what do you think about what Muhammad recited? He, he, said, he said, a human doesn't speak like this. This has to be divine. Yes. Well, I forgot which one it is. Inshallah, next time when I, when I come, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll bring it. But just remind me, maybe you can text me before class. So he, he recognized. He recognized, he said, he said, this is divine for sure. This, whatever he's coming with, it is divine for sure. But I need to think about this. This is it, it really it really affected his heart. You know, it really affected his heart and he had to really sit down and he had to think about it. And he even told Quraysh, he said, Listen, you have to leave me alone. I, I just I've really been shaken to my core right now. I, I can't I can't deal with this. I need to get away from you and I need to sit down and I need to think about it. Eventually he came back and they said, Okay, you know, what did what, you pondered about it, you thought about it. He's like, No, this is magic, you know, this is that and he ended up being stubborn and, and not accepting Islam. But initially he was very close when he had first heard the ayat, he was very close to accepting Islam, and but he didn't. So from these four people was this man Walid. From these four people was this man Walid. So he sent the elders from them. And there was a few reasons that he sent them from if you send the elders to go and speak to someone. A lot of times you send them to maybe somebody who's young, somebody who's brash, or somebody you know to be, you know, like, uh, like we say, you know, but the means. We send the older people to go and talk to them. Why? So you <laughs> because you would hope that this young person who's causing the problems, he's going to give them a respectful answer and answer them uh, respectfully. So, and they said exactly what you said. They went to him, they said, Yeah, Muhammad, why don't we worship what you worship for one year, and you worship what we worship for one year? And they said, and by us doing this, if we find what you're worshipping is better, we'll start doing that. And if you find that what we're worshipping is better, 
you can start doing that. So this, this was the deal and this is the proposal that they had for the Prophet Muhammad So the Prophet at this point he immediately answered. So we'll find in other situations where the Prophet he would, he would wait and he would wait for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to reveal something to answer. At this point he answered immediately from himself. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hadn't sent revelation yet but he answered them immediately saying with Allah, uh, with Allah refuge is sought from sharing partners with him. He says ma'adullah. He said, I would never do this. I seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in sharing partners with him at any point in time. Then after that point, he, then he left. Then after that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed to him Surah Al-Kafir. So when the revelation came to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu he went back to the Haram. He went back to the Haram and he, he, went, he said to all of Quraysh. Now he was standing in front of all of Quraysh and he came to make this announcement and he said to them, uh, he recited this to him. He recited Surah Al-Kafirun to them so that they would realize that his belief was firm and he would never accept their idols and how he would never worship them. Ibn Abbas radiallahu anh, he actually adds a very his, interesting historical point. When the Prophet came back with Surah Al-Kafirun and when he recited this to him, this is when they actually showed open enmity. This is when they actually started attacking Islam. This is when they started attacking the Prophet And this is when they started attacking his, his followers. And we'll talk about some of the reasons why that happened? Why was it that Surah Kafirun created such a rift in the Quraysh community? Right? There are other surahs that we had talked about before, like Surah Quraysh, and where they hinted at certain individuals, or it hints at certain things, or Surah Ikhlas, where it talks about certain things. Why was it that Surah Kafirun created such a rift in the community? Um, so some of the goals of the surah, inshallah, we'll, we'll close with this, is this is to completely discourage the disbelievers from ever thinking that this religion or the religion of Islam could be mixed with any other religion. That this religion is pure, this religion, it does not need any support or any help from any other religion. It does not need any addition from them, whether that be in statement or whether that be in action. That this religion applies now and when the Prophet wasallam, and it will continue to apply until the Day of Judgment. And that the religion of Islam will never ever be compatible with shirk and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect us from that and uh, we'll actually start with the discussion next time on Surah Al-Kafirun and why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Qul what is the significance of using Qul in the beginning because the reality is all of the ayat of the Quran Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He wants us to what? He wants us to say them and He wants us to bring it forward so when He says Qul it's like an added Say, right? It's like an added say, something that is clear, something that is forward. Why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala start with that? And why did He use the word capital? Why is this significant? And what were the effects of that? And inshallah, we'll talk about that next time. Uh, next week, I actually won't be here. I'll be at uh, NJ Dawah. There's a conference going on in, uh, in North Jersey, in Parsippany. So uh, please, you gotta come to that, inshallah. I hope uh, you know, all of you attend. It, it should, I, I hope for it to be a very beneficial program, a very beneficial conference. So next week, inshallah, we won't have class. And I think we have break this week anyway, right? There's a lot of the schools are on break, so I don't know how many people are going to be around. But the week following, we, should be, we shall continue. And all the classes are online. Um, for the, anybody who's interested, you can talk to, uh, to Semi, and he'll, reg he'll, uh, he'll put you in the group, inshallah, and then you can have the links for all of the previous classes that we've had, especially in Tafsir. Any questions before we end? No. Uh, we'll talk about that next time. I'll, I'll keep, keep, you, I'll keep, I'll keep, I'll keep, I'll keep, I'll keep, I'll keep you hanging. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm going to talk about it anyway. I'm going to talk about it anyway. Anyway, no. I just this is out of context. Sure. What was the ayah that Hazrat uh, Umar Khalifa, the second Khalifa, mm -hmm. he became Muslim? What was the ayah that he uh, 
Well, I, I don't recall it. I, I don't. I don't recall off the top of my head. Yeah, his sister was reciting something, and, and, and you're right. There, there was an ayah that, that she did recite that uh, that caused him to accept Islam. But I, I don't. I don't recall what it is off. It's not not off the top of my head. Anything else?